College football kicked off this weekend. There's a couple games I want to go through with you guys. Talk about our big powerhouse schools that were on display this past weekend. After that, we have a huge trade. I already talked about Trey Lance being a bust. Well, apparently, it looks like some teams, uh, especially the Dallas Cowboys, who ended up trading for Trey Lance, see some potential in the dude. So we're definitely going to be getting into that as well. Overall, we have NFL right around the corner. We got college football that just kicked off. We have a ton of stuff to talk about, so I can't wait to share and start your week off right with another episode of Max Sports. Make sure, again, you're listening Monday through Friday as I make five episodes a week coming out here on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So with no further ado, let's get the episode underway. For those that do not know, I am hosting a pigskin pick'em game on the ESPN fantasy app. I have a group named Max Sports. I have about six or so people joined right now. Pretty much it means throughout the NFL regular season, there are going to be all of the usual matchups, just like a normal NFL schedule. But what you do to play this game is you have to pick the winner for every single game throughout the season. It goes week by week, or you can just fill out all your picks right now if you really want to. Bottom line, though, is you get to see where your predictions stack up against everyone else, including mine as well. Think you have a chance to win it all? Again, this is for free. This is for fun and bragging rights. Just want to interact with the fans. If you are interested, I have a link to that to join on my Facebook page, and I will look to put a link to join in on this episode. So if you only listen to me on Spotify, Hopefully, there will be a link in the description of this episode where you can click that, and it should be an easy way to join on the ESPN app. Again, you can do this on the browser or the app. Personally, for me, I've noticed the app runs a little smoother on my phone than logging in on a computer. But either way, you can find a way to play no matter what. I hope to see several people that want to join. We're going to be hopping into college football. I have two big early overreactions for some big games that took place this last weekend. So to start things off, we had the Notre Dame Fighting Irish fighting hard against their long stoic rival in Navy. Again, it just shows how long Notre Dame's been playing football with some of their biggest rivals being Navy. Bottom line, they were hyping this up like it was supposed to be primetime football, and this game was over by halftime when it was 28-0. Bottom line is the transfer quarterback, also known for having his own rib bone turned into jewelry, yes, Sam Hartman passed for four touchdowns and 251 yards, looking absolutely smooth at doing it while he was cooking up the Navy defense. Now, I will say out of the two big-name schools that played this weekend, Notre Dame, in my opinion, looked a lot better. So, how did it go against Navy in Ireland? Well, the Irish rolled. It was never a competition. It was never a close one. Honestly, I had made predictions beforehand. I had Notre Dame winning this game. I thought it was actually going to be a little bit closer. I think the biggest weakness when it comes to the fighting Irish over the last several years, why they've never been able to kind of get back into that national championship contending level. They've made the playoff a couple times, but when it comes to actually winning the damn thing, hasn't been the case for the Irish. Maybe they finally have that quarterback to get them over the hump in Sam Hartman. They had a great, great run game with Augustine Estime. I believe it's Augustine. Don't want to butcher the name. Audric Estime. Sorry. It was an A Estime. Got the name wrong. But Audric Estime absolutely runs the ball hard while he had a couple fumble issues. Played very good. Was able to always convert the third downs. Something that Notre Dame's always had is power running. I think that they have a receiving game. And I think that they have 
a really good quarterback in Hartman who could play his way into a quarterback prospect role. Overall, thought it was a good showing by Notre Dame. While you didn't get to see much of what they would be because they didn't struggle much, this is what you want to see early on in the season. A shutout, the defense shows up, the offense shows up, and the second half you get to see backups in. That's what you really want to see this first first uh, week zero of the college football season. Now for USC. Now they did win handily. They won by about uh, almost 30 points. It was not close at all. Caleb Williams showed out, had a great performance with four touchdowns. They ran the ball all over the place. Yes, their offense absolutely cooked. Here is my first overreaction when it comes to USC, though. Their defense will keep them out of, not the national championship, the entire playoff. Yes, if their defense is what we saw against San Jose State, giving up 28 points, uh, yeah, This defense through an entire season playing some very tough opponents. I have a hard time believing that this is going to be a defense that will get them to the college football playoff. God forbid even win a game. Um, Yeah, they gave up 28 to San Jose State. This game was even closer at the beginning where it was as close as 7-7 in the second quarter. This This was kind of embarrassing, honestly, for a team ranked so high to start the year that a lot of people think, have the best player in all of college football, and also believe that they are going to be just absolutely destined for the national championship. Let's put those uh, breaks on the national championship. Let's put the breaks on playoff talk until we actually see them play a team that, that has any skill. Now, I'm not trying to be mean to San Jose State. We all know some of the biggest moments that they've had in college football history. None. Sorry to any alums that are listening, but sorry, your school's not meant for, for football, and yet you dropped 28 on this team. Now, again, this is a blowout, 56 to 28. There's not too much to be concerned about yet. I will say, again, when you're up by that much in the second half, backups do come in. All I will say, though, is 28 points against San Jose State at home. How many points is that when Notre Dame comes to your town? Or when you go to Notre Dame, sorry. How about when Washington comes to your town? How about when you go to Oregon? How about when you play Utah that literally had like owns you? They swept you last year, and they have the same amount of talent coming back this year. I worry about USC right now when it comes to the defensive end. The problem with Lincoln Riley, even back to his Oklahoma days when he had huge names, think of all the quarterbacks Lincoln Riley's put in the NFL. Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts, potentially Caleb Williams this year, first overall. What is the problem with Lincoln Riley's teams, though? Defense. He doesn't play it. In today's NIL-funded world, honestly, they should save money and just put free trash bags out there instead of actually pay. I really hope they're not paying any of these players because they don't play a lick of defense. It's what costed them last year. It's why they lost to Tulane out of all teams in their bowl game, just an absolute disgusting performance. And I think the defense really is going to need to step up if they have any chance of winning the Pac-12 this year. Now, again, this is all based off of one game. Could they all turn this around in their next performance? Yes, easily. I'm not too worried about it, but I do think that their defense could potentially be the reason why they don't even make the playoff this year. They don't have one, and yes, the Pac-12 has never been known for physicality, especially on the defensive side, but Utah is a power team. They love running the ball. They love passing the ball. 
Thankfully, USC doesn't have to play Oregon State this year, another similar team that loves running through the trenches and loves uh, playing on both sides of the line. But again, Oregon is going to have just as good of an offense, especially if they're playing a defense as bad as USC's. They at least need to shut down their next opponent. If you're a USC fan or you just want to see how teams are performing, look at how their next game against Nevada goes. Because if they start giving up four touchdowns again to a team that they should easily have been able to shut down, start to think of that as a concern once their Pac-12 schedule starts, whether it's a tough night road game, whether that's a ranked opponent where they play, as of right now, four ranked opponents in five weeks and two of them are on the road. That's a gauntlet. And if they're going to be able to make through uh, through that uh, very difficult second half of the season, they are going to need to be able to shut people down on defense. Offense does win games, but if the defense doesn't show up, how are you how are you supposed to say that that's fair at all? So those are my overreactions as of right now. Honestly, I think Notre Dame looked like the better team. I think they're more balanced. I think their defense will play better. And as of today, I know the game is still for about two months out, but if I had to pick a winner between USC and Notre Dame, I'm probably taking the Irish. And I hate saying that. I kind of threw up a little bit in my mouth saying that again. Not a big Irish fan. Every year it feels like people say they're going to win the national championship. Yet to see that happen in my life. So until that happens, I don't want to give too much hype to Notre Dame, but I will give credit where credit's due. They showed out, and I think they had a better performance against their opponent. We're going to do a quick shift to the NFL. We're going to talk about Trey Lance being traded, and then some final wrap-ups on the preseason before the regular season starts. We're going to talk about the big game coming up in a couple weeks. I can't wait to share it because it's part of my hometown team. So let's get to the NFL segment of today's episode. So part three of this episode is not going to explain anything about the Trey Lance trade or update that at all. I'm recording this actually before the last part. I got into a huge rant about college football and how it's been ruined. So look forward to that at the at the third part of the episode before we fade into favorite episode or favorite games of this upcoming week. But I needed to talk about Trey Lance. I got so sidetracked off of random randomness in college football right now that I completely forgot to address the Trey Lance situation. So Trey Lance has been traded from the San Francisco 49ers to none other than America's team. How about them Cowboys? So yes, all of a sudden out of nowhere for a third round pick, I believe third or fourth rounder, uh, Trey Lance goes to the Dallas Cowboys, uh, now he's their third string backup behind Cooper Rush and none other than Rain Dakota Prescott. So, uh, sorry, I love saying it like that. But, um, yeah, so now they have a young quarterback to really develop behind Dak Prescott, and they do have the opportunity to pick him up on his fifth-year option. This most likely means real Will Greer, the guy who has been getting a lot of start, starts for the Cowboys in the preseason, will be f- Probably released. I think he will find a job, though, based on how he played in the preseason. But overall, what do I think about this? One, I've been talking to some people about it. I think it is very concerning for Trey Lance. And I think it's concerning for the 49ers with this move. So Kyle Shanahan, a guy whose father was just an absolute guru of the offensive game on the football field. Kyle Shanahan repeats as well, whether it's as um, a play caller or as a head coach, whatever it's become, he has done it for decades. All of a sudden, 
decides to pass. Like at one point in time, the 49ers were like a quarterback away and they were really looking for all sorts of quarterback answers. I remember at one point in time, the thought of them signing Kirk Cousins when he was a free agent was a, uh, an option. Them trading for Matthew Stafford was a potential option. Them getting Tom Brady. How about Aaron Rodgers? They got had Jimmy Garoppolo. They had multiple chances to draft a guy. All of these chances that they've passed up to go and get Trey Lance. They gave up three first-round picks to get Trey Lance for them. And he's only he hasn't even played enough games to start a whole season yet. And we're going on year three of Trey Lance. And up until this moment, he was behind, again, Mr. Irrelevant, who already has an injured arm in Brock Purdy, and Sam Darnold, a finished product and a washout from the New York Jets. That is what you are behind which means obviously the faith they once had to draft you third overall and give up three future first round picks for is now pretty much all gone. And uh, this is absolutely shocking for me. The fact that they gave up him for so little, not even just keeping him on there as a, as an emergency case, for some reason, the 49ers, they have just been cursed. I don't know if they just, you know, use dark magic years to go to win a Super Bowl, and now that toll is finally coming back to get them now. But they cannot keep a quarterback healthy whatsoever. You can argue it's the reason why they haven't lifted a Lombardi trophy in, in, in this uh, decade, mainly due to the fact that their quarterbacks cannot stay healthy. And at least keeping Lance, a guy that's been in your system for a couple of years now, might have been a smart idea. But nope, this dude is just apparently not it. And uh, this has to go down as one of the biggest busts of all time. We talked about this. The fact that the Miami Dolphins were pretty much able to build their entire core around Tua from the picks that ended up becoming Trey Lance. Yeah, this is this looks really bad for the 49ers. And now they're putting all their eggs in the Brock Purdy basket. And yes, he played very solid at times throughout the regular season last year and got them to the NFC Championship game. I am worried, though. I figure I, I have a, a a weird feeling that Purdy might get figured out a little bit by some of these NFL defenses and the fact that they are so committed to him being their quarterback. Maybe they're just trying to, you know, maybe the NFL script is just trying to double up on the Tom Brady story and Brock Purdy will be a generational talent that everyone passed up a million times and can't wait to hear that every single time a game starts. Can you believe this guy was the last one drafted and he won a Super Bowl? Honestly, I really don't want that now that I'm hearing that come out in existence. But um, overall for the 49ers, it's very concerning. The fact that they are just pretty much been a quarterback away for a while now. And Kyle Shanahan can have an offensive system that makes any quarterback at least look playable. Except for Trey Lance, and that was the guy that they decided to go for. Not Cousins, not Stafford, not Rodgers, not Brady, not any other draft pick they could have had. It was Trey Lance. Like Even Mac Jones, I think, could have done better than what Trey Lance has been able to do in San Fran. So that is concerning for me, and the fact that they only settled with a third or fourth round pick doesn't look good. For the Cowboys, I think this is a great fit. This is a team, and again, I don't love the Cowboys, so... This makes it easy. You you can tell I really care about it if I am giving them praise. This is a good move for Dallas because they have Dak Prescott, who is over 30 now. And uh, you never know how long someone's career lasts in the NFL. And having a guy like Trey Lance, who's still young, who needs to develop. This is what I talked about in my previous episode. I said he needs to find a team where he can sit behind an experienced vet for several seasons. Several seasons. I said that. 
And um, this is going to be a good fit for him. I think whether it's shown here or whether he learns and then finds a starting role somewhere else someday, I think this could be the chance that Trey Lance needs to finally solidify himself in this league. Get some reps, get some experience, hold the playbook, watch the game happen, learn your mechanics, and then maybe you can prove yourself once again in this league. While I think it is very unlikely, I think that this was his best chance at getting a starting job again someday. And uh, so, yeah, overall, I'm very excited to see what happens with it. Um, tell me what you think about the Trey Lance situation. Do you think we'll ever see him start in the NFL again? And I'm not saying like Dak Prescott gets hurt. Like, do you think a team will ever start him day one and say, this is a guy that we're going to be building our team around? Personally, for me, I think it's over. And uh, a guy that I had a lot of belief in that was going to be a really good quarterback. I am shocked to see him now as a Dallas Cowboy. But I would love to know what your thoughts are on it. And uh, we'll be moving on. This is Max in the future of the the segment you're about to hear. But um, I will be talking about a big rant at the beginning about college football and where it's come, thanks to ESPN. Then we'll be moving on to the highlight games that I'm most excited for in week one. See you then. All right, we're going to move on from conference realignment and NIL talk of college football. By the way, if you need a hypocrite today, go none other than College Game Day on ESPN talking about how the game has been ruined and how long will it take before the game is permanently damaged by conference realignment and all these teams moving and leaving their conferences and schools not caring about academics. Um, Perfect example right here, how the contracts work. I've done a little research for you. Texas and Oklahoma, one of the biggest brands in all of college football, leaving for the SEC. That is a huge, huge thing that happened. Isn't it very convenient that them moving to the SEC is also very convenient for the network, claiming that is killing the sport because they are the ones that are going to be airing all of the SEC games moving forward in a couple seasons when Texas and Oklahoma join. So sorry I did that all in one breath if you need me to explain it again. Bottom line is, it's funny how they made a video saying that the tradition is dead, yet they are the ones funding the death of the tradition because they are the ones paying ridiculous, ludicrous amounts of money to get these college games on their programming. So, thank you ESPN for claiming how terrible you are for the actual sports industry. Moving on to the NFL, finally. I know that's what you guys really wanted The preseason is wrapping up. I just finished watching the Texans-Saints game. I will say C.J. Stroud had a good uh, play for the Texans to score a touchdown. I will say he's he's kind of bouncing back. I'm glad to see it. I really would like him to do good for the Houston Texans. Sorry, I keep hiccuping here. Um, Really being able to turn it around, though, and, and... Become a good, successful quarterback for this team outside of a couple of years where Matt Schaub was able to, you know, be a starting level quarterback for Houston. Outside of that and Deshaun Watson, there really hasn't been a real franchise quarterback in in a Texans uniform the majority of their existence. So hopefully Stroud will be able to be a solid starter for this team and really make a bright future for Houston. They were able to defeat the New Orleans Saints tonight. Um, I watched some. There were some good moments. I was going to say the Saints had a young kicker who was trying to. Uh, trying to outplay Will Lutz and uh, almost hit a 60-yarder, but it just got pulled right at the end of the kick. Um, No, it was a pretty good game overall. I'm glad football is back. It's fun to see this, but I'm ready to see the biggest stars on the schedule. So we're going to be talking about the first up-and-coming game of this year, and I have had this on the date since the day the schedule was released. 
but I know some others are excited for it too. So the official regular season starts off on my freaking birthday, and it's none other than my Detroit Lions playing the reigning, defending Super Bowl champs, the Kansas City Chiefs. Try to do my best WWE voice there. Let me know what you thought uh, is on that in the comment section. But bottom line, you had pretty much the hottest team in football that just came a little short of a playoff spot last year. And the Detroit Lions going to Arrowhead uh, Stadium, not Burrowhead. We already had that discussion during the postseason last year. But Arrowhead Stadium, and they are going to be playing the Kansas City Chiefs on Thursday Night Football on NBC. I have been dreaming about this game for so long. I cannot wait to see it happen. I hope my team shows out and goes hard and potentially can upset the defending Super Bowl champs to win this. Now, I know what a lot of people that haven't been watching Detroit Lions football are saying is, Max, whatever the hell you're smoking, I need it too because you seem very optimistic right now. Well, I feel like I have a lot of reasons to be optimistic. So to start things off, the Chiefs might be without their Best pretty much defensive player, Chris Jones, to start it because he's in a contract negotiation and he's on holdout right now. The way the Chiefs are designed, they don't want to give a huge amount of their assets to a guy like Chris Jones because they're in for the long run. They're trying to win the Super Bowl three, four more times in the next decade. And if they're going to be able to do that, they can't make, they can't make impulse buys like this. But however, that is going to cost them maybe week one. Maybe week two. Who knows how long he's going to hold out. Bottom line, though, is as of today, August 27th, he is not a chief. He is a he's negotiating contracts, and he is holding out. As for the Lions, their biggest weakness, the thing that I think cost them a playoff spot, was none other than their pass rush and their secondary. Both have upgraded this offseason. The Lions went out and signed one of the best coverage corners in free agency in Cam Sutton. They also took a flyer on Emmanuel Mosley, a guy who looked very promising before injuries caught up with him last season in San Fran. They went out and got one of, got one of the best ball hawk nickel corner safety kind of players in Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, who led the NFL in interceptions with the Eagles last year and missed games. So Gardner Johnson was an absolute beast for them. Not only that, they go in and draft um, Brian Branch, who's already showed out in the preseason. He was a guy at Alabama that never missed tackles, and I have already seen him hit some monstrous tackles in his time in the preseason this year. I can't wait to see the dude play on the defense for us. Bottom line is this team has really upgraded its weaknesses in the offseason, whether people want to admit that or not. And I think I fully expect both of these teams to be playoff teams this year, not playoff contenders. They will both be in the postseason this year. So this is a very good game to start off the season. I'm hoping it's an absolute classic. Um, for those who do not remember, one of the greatest regular season games ever to happen was when Jared Goff and the Rams had an amazing, I believe it was a Monday night game against the Chiefs, and it was like Mahomes' first or second year starting. Bottom line is it was one of the greatest regular season games of all time. I would love to see it end like that. Win or lose, all I want to do is see my team go out and kick some ass. So 
that is what we're starting our season off with in the regular season. Again, stars will be all over the field. The Lions have a lot of young rookie guys. Jameer Gibbs is a good feature back. Amon Ross St. Brown is a budding superstar in the making. And Aiden Hutchinson on the defensive side. I think he could be a Bosa brother or Max Crosby, something ridiculous like that. And I think he's primed for a big game against the Chiefs on primetime. Other big week one games that I'm very excited to see. I'm excited to see the Panthers and the Falcons. Bijan Robinson's debut, a dynamic running back weapon against Bryce Young, making his first debut game as well as the number one overall pick for the Panthers. Can he live up to the hype that was once established when the Bears traded out and the Panthers traded up to get him? I can't wait to see that one. Another big game that I'm excited to see will be Bengals at the Cleveland Browns. Again, I think that both of these teams could be playoff contenders. I think the Bengals should be the favorite to win the division. Will they be able to hold up against Deshaun Watson, though, making his first season opener with the Browns since being traded? Now he's off suspension. All the rust should be cleared up. I think this could be a closer game than some people think. Another big game I am excited for, none other than 49ers at the Steelers. I think both of these teams could be playoff contenders. They have good veteran teams around them. I think the Steelers really just need a jump from Kenny Pickett, and we need to figure out what Brock Purdy is for a full season as well. So hopefully he's healthy by then. I'm excited for that game as well. My final big games that I really want to see. Packers at Bears. It's like a new generation of a rejuvenated rivalry. Aaron Rodgers is gone. Jordan Love is there. A lot of Bears fans are talking a lot of ish. They think that this is their time to win the division. Sorry, Bears fans. It's Lions. You can have second place. I don't care where you honestly finish as long as it's behind us. Um, But bottom line, Packers, Bears, they're going to be fighting to really establish who's going to be the new face of this rivalry moving forward. You got a young quarterback in Jordan Love really starting to establish himself as the starter for the Packers. Can he be that next wave of Hall of Fame quarterback play that they've been so privileged to have my entire life? I'm praying not, but it probably will be in knowing me. But Or will Justin Fields finally take that leap into that Josh Allen level or maybe Justin Herbert and establish himself as an MVP-level candidate? I think, honestly, the NFC is very weak when it comes to quarterbacks, so if If Justin Fields can really establish himself as a star, he could be one of the best quarterbacks in the entire conference this season. So I'm very excited to see what the Bears could do. I I think that's honestly a toss-up for me. It's going to be tough to pick a winner for this one, but I'm excited to see a new rejuvenated rivalry. I'm also excited to see none other than Eagles-Patriots. I do think that the Eagles will be playing a tough, well, hard-nosed, fought defense of uh, of the Patriots, like usual. I don't know what Mac Jones is going to be able to do against uh, the Eagles defense to help them win. Overall, I think it'll be a butchering, but honestly, outside of people that are Patriot fans, it, for the rest of the world, it'll be kind of happy to see them get destroyed. They were good for too long. Another one that excites me is Dolphins Chargers. That's going to be a high-flying one with some good, talented quarterbacks, Tua and Justin Herbert. They should be compared to each other for years because they're both known for well, being in the same draft class and both being highly rated quarterbacks. Imagine how that would be if Tua was a Charger and and Justin Herbert was a Dolphin. Yeah, sometimes you wonder where the uh, other one would be. But bottom line, both of them look like they have their eyes on playoff spots this, this year. Both of them were playoff teams last year. I think right now, as of today, I'm kind of eyeing the Chargers to win this one, even though I like the Dolphins' weapons a little more. I think the Chargers have a little more of a balanced defense and a run game. So... I will take the charges to win. 
And then on September 11th for Monday Night Football, we have none other than Jets hosting the Bills. I think that this could be a great one because I think the Jets are going to be a team that's going to try and dethrone the Buffalo Bills. I think a big differentiating differentiating. I don't know if that's the word I should be using here. Bottom line is, I think a big difference between these teams is going to be the run game. Buffalo has struggled with running the football the last couple of years. I would be one to argue and even say that's what's costing them in the playoffs and in the postseason. Josh Allen's been their leading runner the last couple of years, and they need to find a guy who can be a bell cow back for this team. Manage the clock, run it out. That's what's cost them the last couple of years. They can't end the games when they have a lead. The Jets have that, though, whether it's Brees Hall or recently acquired Dalvin Cook. Bottom line is the Jets have a great opportunity to run the ball, manage it. And you got Aaron Rodgers, a guy that has always had really good completion percentages. So if they can get a lead early, Aaron Rodgers will make sure to make the throws to end the game on time. Honestly, I think with the hype, I think the Jets could easily win this first one at home in New York. Who knows? I think the Bills have kind of been the same team the last couple of years, but this Jets team has got a lot of hype around it, and Aaron Rodgers has a lot of potential. Both of them are going to be haunting for the division, and I think the Jets might be able to establish themselves on Monday Night Football and win it. So those are my games I'm most excited for. For those that are surprised, I did not say Giants-Cowboys on Sunday Night Football. Uh, that's always sometimes Sunday Night Football. I don't know why. I feel like every time we go week to week, it's always something in the NFC East. It's like football team Cowboys or Giants Cowboys or Eagles Giants. It, it seems to always be the NFC East, so I really don't care for that. But if you are a fan of those big markets, obviously it's going to be a classic because those teams always play, seem to play hard when the prime time's up. But those are the games I'm most excited for. Later in the week, I will be giving you my picks for my pigskin pick'em, if you are a part of it, then uh, you can copy my picks if you really want. If you were that dumb, I'm probably going to get a lot of them wrong. But I want to give you educated picks. I want to give you some smart ones. Bottom line is, I'm doing this for fun. So if you want to join and do the picks with me and get to watch some games and see whose team beats whose, I'd love to do that. Uh, again, it makes it a fun talking point to see who had the best uh, picks throughout the week. So. Yeah, look forward to that coming up. Some segments I will be putting on my Friday show. I will be giving you one college football game to look forward to every week. If you only get one chance to watch one football game, this is the one you should watch. And I'll be doing that with the NFL as well. Then I'll also be giving you my picks on Friday. So that's going to most likely be our Friday uh, episodes during the regular season of college and pro football. My name is Max. I hope you've been enjoying these episodes. Um... I'm really trying to bring a lot of energy to these episodes again. Uh, I felt like I was getting a little stagnant for a while, but I always want to keep innovating, keep getting you new stuff. YouTube is something I want to pursue in the future. I just need to set more stuff up, and I need to make sure I can have more time to make these episodes as quality as possible. I want to thank everyone that gives me a listen out there. We are almost to 900 plays already, which just I just talked about 800 plays, so we're almost to 900 already. Maybe... We'll make this a goal. Could we get to 1,000 by the end of, we'll say week week three. Maybe we can do that. We'll see if we can get to 1,000. I'll, I'll keep us on track. I'll give you a number. So we'll see how we're at. But overall, thank you to all who listen. Uh, this has been an absolute fun experience. Um, if, if you need a mo- motivational speak for the day, a little, a little quote, um, everyone knows the phrase, but enjoy life like There is no guaranteed day tomorrow. 
and I really do live by this, um, something that once upon a time I didn't always necessarily believe in, but bottom line is I go to bed at night after recording one of these, or I start my day by recording one of these, and I know at the end of the day, if, if it all ended tomorrow, I have people that care about me, I have people that love me, um, and I'm doing something that I've always wanted to do. So at least if it all ended tomorrow, I have no regrets. And I know that there's people all over the world, people that are listening to this, people that aren't, but overall there's people that struggle with that and do not have that in their lives. And even no matter how dark your day might feel, find something like what I'm doing right now that that gives you a reason to get up at least because I know how much this has helped me out just doing this for fun, um, sharing a passion of mine and doing something cool to entertain others. Uh, yeah, I, I absolutely love doing this. I hope those who, who really... I hope those that are really looking forward to something to do that or have thought about pursuing and haven't do so because for a long time for me, I've, I've dreamt of something like this and I've completely gotten my own head and avoided it. And I, I felt like I was living a life with a lot of regrets for a long time. And I'm very happy that I've been able to really get into this over the last year or so. So thank you all who, who've made my dream a reality. That's all I want to say. So have a great one. I'll see you on the Tuesday episode. This has been Max Sports. I'm Max, of course. Have a good one.